Hi, welcome to Layout, a show where we talk about design and technology and some other things. Today we are joined by Jenny and Kian, both product designers at Figma, and uh, we talk about uh, FigJam. We share some behind-the-scenes stories, we share some of the design process, and some of the considerations that went into designing a brand new product for Figma. This week's episode is sponsored by Around. Go check them out at around.co, or stay tuned, we'll talk about uh, them a little bit more. Uh, yeah, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone. Hi, Jenny, Kian. Hello. Thanks for joining us. It's so nice to have you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, get to meet you and like, talk more about uh, Fig Jam. Yes. Do you, before we dive right into Fig Jam, there's a lot <laughs> to talk about. Uh, do you want to start just by quickly introducing yourself? Share as much as you want or as little as you want, but just like to people understand who's speaking. Cool. Um, so I'm Jenny Wen. I'm a product designer at Figma, and I've been there for about two years now. Um, and I've focused maybe the latter half of my time at Figma um, working on FigJam. Um, and I'm based in San Francisco, but I'm, I guess I like, grew up mostly in the Toronto area. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, my name is uh, Ki Yen, and I am a product designer at Figma, I joined like around almost three months ago, so not that long. Uh, I just like graduated school from uh, Vancouver, Canada. That's where I'm currently living to. And I grew up in Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And yeah, I, I moved here for to Canada to start high school. So yeah, I've just been living here since. Nice. That's awesome. A lot of Canadian uh, representation on this. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm based <laughs> out of Montreal, so. Yeah, it's strong. I can feel the Canadianness. Uh, so, nice. Watch Love out, it. everyone. We're taking yeah. over. A lot of apologies during this podcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> cool. So, you know, I assume last week was kind of busy for y'all at Figma, right? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I hope this week has been a bit quieter, just a little bit, and you had a chance to breathe and relax a little bit hopefully yeah um yeah so we really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us because we just want to talk about it all the things uh you'll announce so you mentioned fig jam that was like in my opinion the highlight of config although there was a lot of good stuff yeah i feel like there's a lot of stuff competing there good stuff fig Uh, jam is what everyone's talking about though let's be honest okay okay (laughs) we we briefly talked about it um on the on our last week uh, here in the show, but for people who maybe didn't listen to that or have no idea what we we're talking about, how would you how would you describe FigJam? Like, wh- wh- what is that? Yeah, I would say um, FigJam is basically um, Figma's offering that is like a whiteboard tool. It's a way for teams to sort of get like early ideas down um, in a way that's like lightweight and sort of involves you know, the whole team and not just like designers and the people like closest to, to designers. Um, it's also a way for teams like sales teams or HR teams, people that aren't traditionally, you know, part of the designer product processes to sort of like have a place for them to work together and ideate because, um, you know, designers aren't the only people ideating. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. And that feels, like, almost feel like something that is unique to Figma and how, it seems like you're thinking about your users way more broadly than just designers. Right? You're like, hey, th- let's democratize this entire ideation phase yeah. to everyone and not just make it the special things that designers wearing their black turtleneck are doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, um, 
Yeah, we're all wearing black turtlenecks right now. <laughs> yeah, like all of us. Yeah. I'm wearing two of them. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought that that was interesting. And, and it's interesting that you, that you call it out as like one of the sort of driving force behind Fake Jam. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of things like when people go into Figma for designers, it's like, oh, yeah, this is second nature. Yeah. But for a lot of people that I've worked with at, at work, Figma is, is can be overwhelming. Uh, and I, I feel like that that idea of, hey, let's take Figma and make it more approachable uh, seems seems really interesting and, and seems like that's the that's the direction you were driving totally right yeah yeah i think what's also interesting is that um before i had started at figma um i was at dropbox for a few years before that and we had just shifted as like a whole organization onto using figma as like our official design tool um and i think there at that point it was like very much so like figma was like the design tool for designers Mm. um and then coming to figma i saw like oh like you know, PMs are using Figma to, like, make their slide decks, and, like, a lot of documentation is in Figma files, um, and, like, you know, even people in sales, and, like, not designer function people, they would, like, use Figma for non-traditionally Figma use cases, um, so I often have to, like, remind myself, like, now that I'm, like, super into this, like, Figma environment, um, that actually, you know, like, for most people that are not designers, and even some designers, like, Figma can be very intimidating if you're like not in it all the time for like mm-hmm. eight to 10 hours a day or something like that. That you touched on a great point. I, I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. Yes, Figma, because of that freedom, uh, I assume that even for, you know, or especially for people at Figma, the company, you've seen users use Figma for unpredictable, like unexpected use cases. You mentioned, you know, like slide decks. I've seen that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, running design crits or, you know, calls and meetings. And there's a lot. I've seen people use Figma for the most unexpected things. People send me their portfolios in Figma now. Um, What about this whiteboarding space? Like, what about this particular use case? Um, Like, elevate that uh, among the other. And, you know, made you decide to focus on it and maybe turn this into its own spinoff, its own product. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have seen teams in the past, like before FigJam, create, you know, like community files and plugins and whatnot for, you know, sticky notes and for voting and um, for all these sort of like lighter weight design activities. Um, And like we, even as a team, we used, we had used Figma files for like this sort of like ideation and brainstorming and um, diagramming use case as well. Um, But I think there was like this unique opportunity, especially with like the pandemic. We had actually started um, this whole like Fig Jam endeavor about a year ago, right when the pandemic had like basically was like in full force. Um, So I think there was like a timeliness to it and also feeling like, hey, like given the technology that we have, you know, at Figma, this like ability to like render things on a canvas really well with high performance, um, this felt like a sort of it's, it felt like it was a close sort of use case that we could, you know, start building a tool around. And it was also very timely with the pandemic. Yeah. And has has the pandemic affected the, the sort of design of the tool? Because I, I feel like there's a lot of features in there mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so perfect, you know, for a lot of the things that I've been been 
missing now that we're all working from home so is, is that true like the, did it happen that way that you're like hey we're feeling a lot of these problems ourselves and kind of want to put it into a tool yeah i mean i think i don't know if that was like the original sort of like force behind it but it was sort of feeling like you know some of the most like fun moments that we have personally had at work um during the past year or so is just like not actually being in like meetings or like having formal like design crits or anything um but it's like you know you're in this file at the same time and you're just like doing random shit in the corner with this like one other person um because you just like spontaneously like happen to be in there at the same time um so we sort of like wanted to bring more of that like energy and that feeling to the product um which i think you'll see in like you know the cursor chat thing is directly inspired from like writing random text on the canvas and then having you know those like crazy conversations and you're like rotating the text and stuff um and then i think just like some of like the emoji and like reaction stuff is just like you know sometimes you're laughing or you're like you know like it's you're sort of like sad facing but in like a funny way to other people um and not necessarily having to do that on the canvas or anything so yeah definitely i think it's inspired by it um and i think it when we were developing those we sort of tried to grab like the best of those feelings um into those experiences it's it, it has just become basic etiquette if someone is on a file and you notice that someone else jumps on a figma file you have to at least wave your cursor like, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. otherwise it's rude it's like why right. are you so sort of totally totally right. me yeah. <laughs> i yeah. i can imagine like uh, companies like figma and any company that builds a product that somehow fosters this collaboration especially in this remote environment like they were they just double down on using their own products you know now that everyone is working remotely um you know and figma is a huge but you know also like apple and all these companies oh all of a sudden yes now you have to use facetime or whatever you do whatever so i wonder if this the pandemic this working remotely situation it also kind of highlighted this as like a thing that you you could use it would really help and improve your own workflow internally. yeah yeah i mean i don't think we necessarily went into the process um thinking about that um but i definitely think um as we saw more functions like yeah like the people in marketing and like the people um you know at, in, even in the product team like they were starting to use it for their meetings and stand-ups um i think we sort of definitely saw that um, and it helped like build the momentum even though we hadn't originally gone into it with this feeling i'm curious to hear about the process of designing a tool like this like i imagine it must be very different from designing other other products yeah i mean i think it wasn't I feel like in my head, when I think about the whole process of this, like starting a year ago, um, I don't know if it felt like particularly different or anything like, or particularly linear or like special. It just sort of felt like, um, it was definitely, you know, like a sprint for basically an entire year. Um, and I think a lot of the things that were sort of scary and uncertain, um, were mostly around like, you know, this is Figma's second product. Um, it's a big deal sort of because Figma is no longer, you know, just the startup with like no products. So there's like some expectation around like having something that's decently high quality and like feels true to our, our existing customer base. Um, but at the same time, you know, we now have like the resources as like a bigger company um, to be able to like try stuff. Um, so there was this like sort of delicate balance of wanting to do something that's high quality and upheld our reputation, um, but also being in a more sort of like fortunate spot where we could like staff the project and do it really quickly with a bunch of people. Hmm. How, yeah, how was that like to design 
a product and somehow a brand, its own little brand, mm-hmm. uh, around this umbrella of the Figma, the company, and the because you, you didn't. I assume you didn't have that like in place. It's not like you had these brand guidelines of like Figma the company, Figma the product, because it was pretty much the same, right? It was so close. Yeah. So what was that like? Like, all right, what makes this product still Figma without being Figma the product? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think we don't totally know the answer yet because I think a lot of it is very trial and error. Um, and I yeah. think it definitely started out as a product that felt like much closer to you know what you see in Figma, like the design tool. Um, and it did feel like much more you know utilitarian. I think, Kevin, you'd mentioned or, or Rafa in your last episode that it felt like very utilitarian. Um, until we sort of started bringing out more of this like fun and emotional element um, in like our later iterations. So I would say it's sort of like we are trying this new sort of like voice and like basically in product brand. Um, maybe we'll have to dial it back eventually, but I think for now it feels like, hey, this feels like it works for this product right now. Um, and I think we haven't sort of like fully figured out exactly how we're going to bring it back into like the rest of the overall product, including like the file browser and the design tool. I, I, I joined like at the later stage of the product development cycle. So I don't have like that much context of like how like the, the brand, the branding of like Fig Jam kind of comes in. And just like question for, for Jenny as well. Like when, when did the team decide that like a purple is the, the, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, the brand color for Fig Jam? Yeah, I feel like this is such a disappointing answer because it's like, I don't feel like it was like a super, super rigorous process, you know, where we um, looked at all these colors in the rainbow and decided like, hey, this one has this vibe and this one has this vibe, um, which I think everybody sort of imagines is like the perfect process for choosing colors in a palette. Um, I think honestly, it was like, it was pulling out, um, we have this like weird, I think conflict where we have some like in product colors and then we also sort of have like our branded colors, um, which show up in the marketing side of things. Um, and, you know, like we tried out a few different colors within our um, UI colors and nothing sort of felt like it, it was like the right accent color, um, aside from like the blue that we already use right now. Um, everything else was sort of used for error states or um, success states. And then we've always sort of had this desire to bring our like marketing colors closer to our product colors um, because our marketing colors were developed after our product colors. Um, So it was a good opportunity to try out some of our brand colors. Um, And I think the purple there actually worked in terms of like, it provided like better contrast than some of the other colors that we have within Figma, um, but also felt sort of in the same like range of colors as like the blue accent. Um, So, yeah. What came first to the purple or the name fig jam because it's a perfect match. <laughs> oh yeah i didn't even i didn't even like think about that yeah. um the the purple came first before the fig jam name wow yeah nice. right. yeah perfect it's, it's a good compliment i yeah well to go back to whatever you say that maybe you'll turn mm-hmm. it down or turn it back a little for whatever it's worth i'll say don't turn it down yeah, please or don't. back <laughs> okay. turn everything else up you know okay <laughs> that's good feedback cool All right, we are sponsored once again this week by Around. Listen, 
One of the most frustrating parts about working remotely is having to be in video calls that take up your entire screen, that are maybe like not the most protective, and that are just not optimized for getting work done. Well, the good thing is Around is there for you. Around is this amazingly well-designed app that puts each person into their own little circle and gets out of the way so you can be productive and focus on your work. They have a lot of features that are super thoughtful, that are designed for today's world, right? Where we're all working remotely. Uh, and so you can apply a filter on your image and that filter really reduces a lot of the the burden uh, that you feel when you are sharing your video all day long. Uh, it just makes it a lot more, a lot easier to, um, to just feel comfortable. Uh, they also have a feature that follows you around. So as you're, as you're moving, it keeps your face centered in the screen. There's a, another feature that Rafa and I really love, which is the GIFs. So you can at any point kind of replace your video feed by a GIF of your choice so fun it never uh, ceases to add fun into our life and our meetings and god knows we need more fun in our life these days um this is just such a well made app it's intuitive it's easy to use their team is obsessed with design uh it's a it's a great product to use in combination with figma so if you're uh sharing a file and you want to talk through some design problems this is perfect a perfect fit for that for this uh and you don't have to just take our word for it you can search for around underscore hq on twitter and see what people are saying like they're getting lots and lots of people uh trying it out and saying great things about it uh one of the great things about it too is while it's in beta, it's entirely free. So you really have no excuse not to try it. Uh, so to use it, simply go to around.co, click the download and start doing your calls with around. We've honestly, like they, they cannot pay us to do this, but we've, after we've used it for the first time, we're like, we have to switch to this for recording our podcast. And we've been using it ever since and we love it. It's really great. And one thing that, that I'm curious about is I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the level of polish for launching a product because I almost, and I'm not complaining, I love it, but I almost, it feels like a fully complete product in a sense. And I'm sure there's so many other features you can do and you're probably yeah. thinking of a million things that you have to cut here, but it actually feels extremely polished as a product for its first version. Wow. So, Such a compliment. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I mean, that's my feeling of just using it. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm curious how you think about that internally. Like, right, like there's a lot of features that I'm yeah. thinking like, oh, like you're introducing the cursor chat. You yeah. have the stamps. There's the components. There's the arrow. Like, so many things are there yeah. from the get-go. Uh, so how do you balance basically like kind of really like bringing a lot of polish versus, hey, let's get something out there. Let's get some some thoughts on it and let's iterate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for us, um, it's definitely felt like we have been 
like I think maybe the, I think why your feedback is so surprising is because we have always thought about this as in terms of like let's just get a thing out there first um and even if it's like not perfect and there's like some polish missing um this sort of like time period in which like you know people are ch- are working remotely and choosing whiteboard tools is very limited um so we've definitely biased towards like getting something out there that's imperfect versus like polishing everything and like i personally all i see are just like rough edges um but i think that's like any design work that you work on right um so i think it's it's it was more like hey we when we first started this we had a set of like features and problems that we knew we needed to solve and we just wanted to make sure that we got those things in um before our mvp or our basically like our launch um and we basically we're able to get, I think, almost all of those in, in time. Um, so it was more like the cut line was like, do we think we can get these features in? And not necessarily like, do we think that this is like, this meets our quality bar? I lost my thought. <laughs> um, maybe Kian, I think it might be good for you to share also, because I, I do, like Kian worked on the toolbar that you see at the bottom, which I would consider like a very polished part of the product. Yes. Um, so it could be good for you to sort of share some of those thoughts too. Um, I think it's just, when I started joining, uh, one of the methods that, you know, Jenny kind of like pushed me towards was just like, don't worry about the, the, like how things look first. Like, for example, the icons, like you don't need to like spend like a couple of weeks just like get the finalized icon right away, but instead focus on like the key things that might be harder for engineering to change later on such as like the interactions or like how should you use a sticky or shape. So like majority of the time spent is on like fine tuning those interaction and kind of like building out like a first version of the design, kind of handing it off to engineers to build it on the fly and just keep going back and forth and iterating. That's, that's pretty much how our process were. And in terms of like polishness, I kind of realized that things were still looking kind of rough until like a week before our launch. And that's when like all the, the polish like visual stuff really like, comes in when uh, our engineering side has a, a feature freeze. So basically just focusing on um, bug fixing and all sorts of that. That's when you know, um, we take advantage of those that time frame where engineering can't implement any more new features and just like, tweak those visuals up, uh, clean things up a bit. Yeah. I would say like quality bar wise, um, it does feel like we have basically held the sort of like same quality bar that we think about when we think about, um, launching a lot of like other Figma features. Um, I do think the, the thing that was sort of a shift for our team was to, um, get out early versions to both our like internal, like company users, as well as like we had this external alpha group that a lot of different companies were in. Um, and I think the sort of mentality that I pushed both our like product and engineering teams to do was to like, you know, just get anything out there in front of those people. Cause I think in the past we've definitely, you know, held back a little bit when it came to like turning things on for the entire company. Um, cause we didn't want to like disrupt people's workflows and stuff like that. Um, but I was sort of like, guys, like, like anything goes, you know, if this like sort of works, let's put it out in front of people. And I think that was like very big in terms of like getting us the right feedback to get us to a polish level by the very end. It's amazing just how, how powerful it is for you not to be precious about 
first impressions, what yeah. people might think, like that. Just you know, yeah. listen, put it out there, collect data, collect feedback, collect yeah. you know, yeah. It's, yeah, I think thinking back, like when we first put our like the first version of the toolbar in our internal um, fig, uh, Figma, um, I was like, yo, this is. This is like very ugly and very bad. Like, but I, I felt kind of uncomfortable. But then, yeah. you know, genuinely like pushed for it, and yeah, it definitely helped out a lot. Um, and like being more efficient in iterating things. Uh, uh, you've shared uh, like a, a FigJam file. Uh, I don't know if you have another name for those. <laughs> FigJam file on the behind the scenes, um, which has been it's it's great if you. For people listening, if you haven't seen it, there's, there's a lot of cool gems in it. And one of the gems is you, you showed three different kind of major iterations on the, on the toolbar, amongst other things. And one was, which I assume designed by Ryan, which, by the way, shout out, because he kind of made this possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out, um, Ryan. Yeah. And so this, the, what you eventually, uh, Kian, designed and, and ended up with, is there's so many subtle things about it that just make it uh, feel so polished. Uh, and it's not, when we say polished, I think these are some of those things that, that invoke that feeling. Like it's not just controls and when you hover or tap, it, you know, someone pops up a little uh, you know, drop down or toolbar, another second toolbar selection menu, something like that. Everything is like in place in this UI that feels more familiar to maybe touch screens like iPad right but it still works so well everything is so connected when you click on the on a marker like it doesn't pop up another thing it's like it's embedded in the control bar if that makes sense mm -hmm. anyway th those little details is like what what makes it i think pretty cool like just next level oh thanks um yeah i still feel like there's a lot to like improve on but you know as as <laughs> a first per uh, first version um you know the team like i think we all feel pretty good about it and a, a lot of, like tiny nitpicking like interactions for example like dragging a sticky to place on the the canvas is actually really complex like complicated on the engineering side so shout out to all the engineers that work on it that really make like dragging and placing on the canvas like feels right because you know a little bit of like um inconsistency really like will distort that 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 experience hmm. um so just like going back to uh what uh, jenny said just you know it's hard to really gauge how things will feel if it's just like a static mock so a lot of, like prototyping on um, yeah just like playing around just tweak things on the fly Nice. Yeah, I'm curious to dive in a bit more deeply into the prototyping phase for this, because so many of these features feel like they're features you really have to play with and, and tweak. I don't know if it's in code or what kind of mm -hmm. tool you're using for prototyping, but like, Figma. if it feel it feels like they're not just a static feature where you can look at a screenshot and be like, oh yeah, that works, right? Yeah. Like that. So how did you how did you do that? How did you prototype these features? Yeah, it's like in in this situation, like time is like pretty constraining. So I kind of have to like kind of decide beforehand that is it worth my time to really like build out a prototyping in the my limited like technical skills uh, set. Uh, for example, like dragging the stickies and shape onto the canvas. Those 
uh, part, I kind of rely on the engineers to kind of prototype and play on the fly, while the interactions such as you know um, the the marker tool, where um, clicking on it will uh, bring out like a sub menu. Um, I rely a lot on on uh, Figma's like smart animate prototyping to just kind of gauge a, a sense of like how each interaction for each two fields, for example, you know, um, the sub menu for shapes, for example, it's, it currently is like detached from, it, it's different from the sub menu from the, the marker tool. Um, the idea is because, you know, uh, the markers uh, sub menu, it's persistent, right? Like when you click on a marker, when you draw on the canvas, the, the color picker is always still there. Uh, since its its behavior is persistent, that's why um, it the way it looks and behaves it's different. Since it's like extended out from the toolbar, right. uh, compared to you know that's why it's like attached to the toolbar. Compared to um, for example the the shape sub menu, when you click on click on it, it will disappear right away after you kind of draw your first shape. So that's that's sound sound the thinking behind different uh, interactions. Yeah, I would say that like the the engineers that are on our team and I think in general at Figma, um, they definitely, I think, go into projects with the impression, especially on like something like the editor canvas for both like the Figma side and the FigJam side, um, going in with the impression that, you know, they will implement something and we will likely not get it right the very first time. Um, and... Like, they're, they often are the people that push and say, like, hey, let's just try this thing out and then let's tweak it and we'll have to play with it. Um, and I think that's really helpful. Um, I think both from, like, a decision, a design decision-making point because you never feel like this decision is precious and I need to, like, deliberate. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it also is sort of, like, the most realistic way often to try things, especially when it comes to, like, resizing text or shape or, like, shapes or moving them around. Um but I think, like, from the design side, like, most of us, I think, definitely prototype, like, pretty high-fidelity stuff. Um, I think we've used a variety of tools. Like, I think we've used, like, just, like, HTML and CSS prototypes, like, for simpler stuff, like, definitely Figma. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we've also used Framer to, to make some um, some really high-fidelity interactive ones. So, yeah. That's, that's such a huge part um important part of engineering culture and like company culture. Yeah. Cause I feel like also some designers and other engineers in different teams might feel uh, like guilty to ask engineering team to take the resources, the time to implement something that you're not even sure it's right, yeah. Yeah. but you, you know, it could use it or need to use it. Yeah. I could see that. Right. So you kind of shy away from that rapid, like, Hey, this is throwaway code. Just get something that we can test and play with. Yeah. That, I think that that's pretty important uh, to have, like, cemented in a in a culture in an engineering culture. I think. Yeah, for uh, sure. I just want to touch on one particular UI element that I'm a big fan of. <laughs> it's the radial menu. Uh, I'm <laughs> like I a uh, friend Brandon from uh, and coworker uh, from Superlist. He is the biggest radial menu fan I've I've met. Uh, he showed this with me, which I'm going to put in the show notes. It's a fascinating read it's a medium article uh it's a 45 minute read oh wow <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was published it was published in 2018 
and then it was celebrating the 30th uh, anniversary of this paper that this person presented called An Empirical Comparison of Pi versus Linear Menus, in where they found that pie menus uh, to be about 15% faster and with a significantly lower error rate than a linear menu. Anyway, incredibly nerdy, but incredibly interesting uh, article. There's even like a Steve Jobs story in there. Because uh, at this point, like this person showed this radio menu to Steve Jobs, like in the next era. And Steve Jobs said, I hate it. I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, all this to say that radio menus are so underutilized in UI. You probably see it more in video games. Like uh, I can think yeah. probably the first time I remember seeing it for sure it wasn't the first time I saw it, but like on Grand Theft Auto, like the weapon <laughs> selection, right? It's a radio menu. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I just, I'm so curious to know or to hear how you landed on this yeah. seemingly out of, coming out of nowhere uh, UI element. Yeah, I do feel like um, one thing that was interesting about building some of these like more fun elements is that like the design process was a little bit more random, um, which I think is like very, uh, it's different, I think, than like building for tools where you're just sort of like, this is the use case and these are the solutions and this is why we do this one. Um, Because honestly, like the radial menu thing is like pretty random. Um, (laughs) It actually started out, I think, from a Maker Week project. Maker Week, which is like our internal like hack week sort of thing Mm -hmm. um, that we do um, that Heather, a designer on our team, as well as um, Jessica, an engineer who would like prototype this, um, they actually put together this like first version of this like emoji wheel thing um, that just sort of like did almost like it did maybe it did basically what the the emoji wheel did today from like the sort of like emoting perspective. Um, and then when we decided that we wanted to do some sort of like reacting slash emoting um, feature within FigJam, we'd explored like a bunch of different you know variations where you know like. Is it more of like that? It's sort of like that reactions menu in like Facebook Messenger and stuff like that, where there's just like a bunch of different reactions in a row. Um, we also explored some stuff around like hiding it behind the right click menu. You'd have like the emojis and then like all the right click actions, like copy and paste underneath. Um, as well as, I can't remember, but some other interesting like on canvas interactions. Um, but I think none of them were like quite as novel as the radial one. Um, and we just like kept coming back to it because we were like, this is fun. I don't know. We can like animate it and it'll be, it'll spin and it'll be fun. And like, honestly, a lot of the inspiration was from like video game stuff when it came down to like specific interactions. Um, I'm not a big video game person. So I like learned a lot about like how these things work in video games. Um, so yeah, I I know that's like not a satisfying story at all, but no, it was yes, like it is. it's random. It's random. <laughs> yeah, I, I I loved it. Uh, <laughs> there's something so underrated about the little fidgety things that have little to no purpose. Yeah, uh, like why does your stamp thing like little shake a little bit? In, yeah, in a gross size. I think the oh, the the medium uh, clapping thing, like you can tap, yeah. you know, several times to clap. Um, there's some, you know, in in the the real world, if you see a keyboard like a piano, you're gonna go like, like why? <laughs> yeah. it's, I don't know. It's fun, yeah. so you just can't resist it. So I think bring more of this stuff into our into our tools into our software because it's we're humans and we yeah. like these little things. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, and it's a good testament that you can make a tool that's highly functional and also fun at the same time. 
right? Like, I think sometimes designers, we, we feel like we kind of have to pick one or the other, or like、mm-hmm. that it's also hard for us to, to sell this to other、yeah. people on our, on our teams. But it actually feels, and I don't know if this was true, I'd be curious to, to hear, like, were there conversations internally about like having to advocate for these things to be part of the tool? Or was that just like everyone got it immediately and we're like, that's cool, let's do it? Yeah, I actually feel like. Like Dylan, our CEO, was a big proponent of like making things more fun, even.、Um, nice. So I don't think it was ever around like buy in.、Um, and I actually think that there's, there was like pent up energy, <laughs> I think, around <laughs> wanting to make、um, parts of Figma like more fun and, you know, like more human and expressive.、Um, I think just because we've spent, as designers who have like worked on this product for a while, we spent so much time making things like so efficient and so useful and like wanting to bring some of these things、um, into the Figma editor, but also knowing that we'd have to be like so careful to do it.、Um, so it just felt like there's this like green field where we could really experiment and there weren't existing users yet.、Um, so yeah, I think there was a lot of pent up energy and I think that's why a lot of it ended up coming out in this product.、Um, I think one really Like, remarkable moment is that, like, we rallied together as a design team to do this, like, sort of design sprint、um, around, like, some of these features that you see, like the, the cursor chat, the emoting, as well as, like, the toolbar.、Um, and I had just, like, planned it, and it was sort of this, like, one day quick, like, last minute sprint.、Um, but honestly, like, so many really, really high fidelity prototypes came together in that, like, one day from, you know, five different designers. Um, and it was definitely like the most sort of like prolific design sprint I'd ever been a part of, just because I think everyone was so, they had all this energy that was pent up and they were ready to make these prototypes of these like fun things that they'd had in their minds for so long. Okay, you, you touched on a little thing that I can't let go, so I have、mm-hmm. to come back. <laughs> yeah.、Uh, something that we did mention on last week's、uh, episode is there any interesting findings from just initial user reaction and feedback?、Uh, Is there any plans or, or to bring some of this stuff that you've made for FigJam?、Mm-hmm. Maybe bring it back either in its entirety or you know, you know,、uh, a variation of it to the Figma design tool. Yeah. Stuff like comments, maybe reactions and stickies and stuff. Yeah.、Um, I think we have always had this, like, as we were building these features within FigJam.、Um, I think we've had the impression that a lot of these things would be great within the Figma editor.、Um, but I don't want to make any promises because I don't want to <laughs> free promise and set expectations.、Um, but I think you should know that that is a thought that we have. And I think we want to do it sort of intentionally and carefully、um, because I agree there's like lots of these things that will help people communicate within the design process.、Um, but I also know that like, you know, there's a lot of teams that have. Different expectations for the editor, and it's sort of like so、yeah. different from what's there today、hmm. um, that it doesn't always make sense for us to just like drop them right in. That's fair. That yeah. Total sense. And I think there, there's something interesting to see this whiteboarding tool being in the future sort of like the, the guinea pig for these maybe like more out there features、yeah. where it's. I, I don't know. Maybe, and maybe as like, more and more people start using it, like, you lose a bit of that ability. But at least for now, it's like, hey, like, we can actually try a lot of things here, and maybe some of them aren't going to work. And that's、yeah. totally cool.、Um, so, yeah, that, that's pretty interesting. It's like that, what having that blank slate kind of gives, affords、yeah. you.、Um, 
have another question, uh, and I don't want to put you all on the spot. If you're like, you know what, we can't really comment on that. Or we don't know. Totally fine. That's a totally fine <laughs> answer. But uh, I wonder, I wonder if there's like how intentional is the decision of making uh, Fig Jam its own separate file type, if you will, and also included in the Figma dashboard, I guess you can call it. Like they live alongside the Figma design files. Yeah. Was that like something intentional in where, yep, we feel like this is the re- best way to be? It was also, you know, just because we don't want to build a whole other dashboard just for Fig Jam maybe, but I don't know. how. I wonder how intentional that, you know, symbiosis, is that a word? <laughs> of yeah. these two file, si- file types? Yeah. I knew you guys were going to ask this question because I listened to last week's episode <laughs> and I was like, they're definitely going to ask this question. Um, the answer is that it's mostly very intentional, actually. Um, so the separate file type thing is like, it, it's definitely something that we deliberated for a, like a pretty long time. Um, and I totally understand this desire for, especially I think when it comes from designers to have... I think like it was like having fig jam within like a design file or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for us, um, this is the sort of like relationship that we decided to release with. I think because if you frame it from like the perspectives of someone that's like a product manager or like someone in HR or sales, um, it doesn't always feel great to, you know, have to go into like a Figma design file to necessarily have to do this. Um, And it's sort of easier to like tell the story around like, hey, this is like Figma's second tool offering for anybody to start ideating. Um, But given that, I also acknowledge that there's, you know, designers who want to do like diagramming or brainstorming within their design files. Um, Like we even do a lot of design crits with sticky notes um, inside like a design file. Um, so acknowledge that there's like we some desire. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I think acknowledging the, the fact that there is some desire to like bring these things closer. Um, that's something we are watching and have some desire to like think more about. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair yeah. Enough. Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. And I mean, I say some of these things, not necessarily as I think they're the best choice mm-hmm. or like as a user, man, I want this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We uh, expected yeah, it. I can, so. I, can, I can, I can see how even just hiding the layer list goes such a long way to, uh, make it less intimidating for known designers. Yeah. Um, just from a purely like static visual thing, it's cleaner. It's easier to, to, there's less cognitive load, but also like, I, I I go through this uh, a lot in where maybe an engineer is uh, looking at our, our Figma file and they try to, you know, select an icon or something they want, they're trying to export. Yeah. And because they're not really aware of the layer list and how that works, and, like, technically you exported the glyph, but you want to export the component around it. You have yeah. to go, like, one level above <laughs> How do you even? How do you communicate yeah. this? Like, yeah, the worst. Is, the worst is stuff. when someone tries to change something that has auto layout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, totally destroy the file. <laughs> yeah. So you know what? I, I think that this is probably the best uh, decision, at least for now. <laughs> no, it's super good feedback, and I think we're all open ears right now around um, you know the ways that people are using it and sort of hoping to use it with their design files, and we're like using those as inputs in terms of like what to do next. 
yeah, I'm, I was curious to hear your thoughts on the, the launch and the reaction and like, how's that been going? I imagine also like launching things where your primary audience is designers must <laughs> mean a lot of like very picky yeah. feedback. How do you parse through this? How do you figure out what's a good feedback? What's just like a personal opinion and just, oh, just disregard that. Just like, oh, podcasters complaining right. on the internet. <laughs> yeah. And, and also knowing, like you said at the beginning, that, hey, that's cool. Like, a lot of our customers are designers, but also our focus with this is more than designers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot to unpack there. I would say in terms of, like, a launch, it was probably one of, like, the best possible outcomes for a launch because I think... Nice. Um, I think also Figma is in this like very magical spot where it's like hard to tell if, you know, people are just really excited about Figma as like a company and like um, as like a sort of darling versus like, do people actually like my product, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so that's, that's the thing that I'm trying to personally pull apart. Um, but I think the, the reaction so far to FigJam, like even though there's like definitely criticism, which is normal, um, has been like overwhelmingly positive. And I think it's hard to ever feel like you've released a product like that. Um, and I think I personally have never worked on something that's so maybe like visible in certain ways. And so I think like loved, <laughs> I think I've been talking about the Figma in general. Um, so it's definitely weird um, to have people actually like love using your product um, versus it just being like a feature in like, you know, a product that some people might use but are not very vocal about. Um, so that's, like, a weird experience, I think. And it's definitely pulling apart, like, hey, there's, like, some really professional designers that are, like, really intense, like, Figma fans um, that have strong opinions this way. But there's also, like, this audience of people that, you know, might not come from, like, the traditional, you know, design-oriented companies that we come from or people that, you know, don't even have designers on their team that are using this. Um, where are those voices in the sea? Because I think we're really hearing from the people that are like local diehards, which we love them and their their feedback is really important. Um, but it's knowing that, you know, as we launch this, we are going to have to do like a more formal like research study where we hear specifically from them and balance out their feedback. Yeah, I was like very surprised because, you know, I always try to have low expectations throughout life, you know, starting from my school, like grades and everything. So I didn't like go in like expecting a lot, as, um, but you know, got a, a sign that things might be like better than I like, anticipated was when uh, Jane uh, Wong, uh, she kind of like leaked out some some of the early, um, yeah, like, I remember that uh, yeah. screenshots of Fig Jam, and like people are like really excited for it, and that kind of kind of um, kind of gave me. Yeah, it just gave me like more, not really hope, but just like gave me more pumped up and like want to like polish things more before we, we release. And yeah, it's my first time like working on a tool or like on a product that everyone loves. Um, and it's also my first time working on an entire new product at all because I previously saw my experience from um, Messenger at Facebook. Uh, it's mostly a very, very tiny, small tweaks that um, barely anyone might, like, notice it. So, like, seeing, like, the whole, like, design community coming together is very, feels very fruitful. 
But, you know, at the same time, I kind of like echo from what Jenny said. Like, we might be thinking like everyone might just be excited about this new tool itself. But, you know, we might hear more like complaints and uh, constructive like feedback later down the road when people start actually trying to use the tool um, within their uh, workflow. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that as well. And, you know, doing the product, like designing cycle. Um, I like that, like, you know, Figma internally, we, like our researchers kind of like push us, uh, you know, designers, engineers, PMs to like kind of try conducting user research sessions too. So like, so they kind of like give me firsthand to like learn more about, you know, what does you know, researchers or like facilitators expectations of the tools are more. Cause you no, know, I will be kind of lying if, I know anything about like whiteboarding space at all before joining. Um, so yeah, so it's like, yeah, just a bunch of things to like take in and, and learn from here. Yeah. The whole team, everyone should be extremely proud of the work you've done. Also like, you know, less than a year is that's impressive turnover. Like, that, that That's fast. That's great for the level of polish we've always seen. Uh, yeah. I shall be super proud. <laughs> Last thing, I had this like written down as a question, but I feel like it's one of those questions that very, it feels very pushy. So I'm not going to ask it. I'm just going to say something. Asking <laughs> you can ask it. We can try. Here. And then if you don't want to comment, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've been like vocal about my um, like the, the Figma, the design tool, the product. Like you said, it's very sterile. It's very like neutral and, and very utilitarian. In I don't know if I said it was sterile. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I said that. <laughs> oh, damn it. Uh, utilitarian. <laughs> Who said that? Yeah, utilitarian. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I'm like, I kind of just want some of that more more fun elements to it. Um, just to give me more rounded corners. I don't know. Uh, and so <laughs> seeing this, seeing the work that y'all have done with FigJam, uh, the fact that you call it FigJam, uh, like even the most recent work, uh, the uh, Ryan's work on the Mac, you know, Big Sur app icon, some of that is like giving me good good vibes about the future of like not necessarily we're going to take Figma the, the design tool too, but at least like the brand like they're, they're, you're branching out a little bit more, and that's like hitting sweet spots for me. Like that's doing it for me. Nice. Like yes, I want to see more of this. So I guess my question could be: um, Is this like any indication where we might see the you know Figma the brand? Some of the, that style going forward is this because I assume if you're getting positive reaction, this might be something worth pursuing. What we're saying basically is we want both of you to work on everything at Figma from now on. Yes. I was like, I feel like this is a question. This is feedback. This is like a commentary. This is a lot of things at once. It's uh-huh. very leading. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess your question here is like, is this going to, is this the direction Figma is headed in? Um, I wouldn't say for certain. I do feel like it's it was like energizing for a lot of people to um, like both. I think on the engineering team and the product team to sort of like work on something like this. Um, I would say that there are probably big changes coming in the next year or so. Maybe you've heard it here first, folks. 
<laughs> no, um, and there might be opportunities to I do. I mean, you could have said that about Figma at any point in its life. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm going to make broad statements. So I'm not promising yeah. anything. And like, Dylan's going to listen to this tomorrow. You're doing great. <laughs> great. Great. Um, I, I would say like, I think we're definitely, I think, open to opportunities to, you know, shift our sort of like brand or, or the visual style um, going forward. Um, and I think, Fig Jam, like this whole process has been like a really good like learning experience for like where our sort of like vibe and brand can go. My last question would be, what is your biggest learning working on this project? Oh, yeah. Where do I start? Like, yeah, just basically, um, basically everything for me, like a lot of first times for me, you know, first time working on a, a tool, first time working on like collaborating with like engineers um, like within the Figma team and for me I think I learned some takeaways is just there's, a, there's actually a lot of unforeseen complications on like simple features such as like authorship within the sticky um, it, it's so easy to just like see from the outside just oh it's a toggle that just shows your name turns off and on your name but, you know, we actually went through a couple of iteration of how the logic between, behind when to show or, like, transfer um, names uh, between stickies. Like, for example, like, if you duplicate a person's sticky, should you transfer the name or not? So a lot of, like, underlying um, thing we need to, like, think through first. And so, yeah, so a lot of things that kind of like went in like expecting things are simple that turns out to be like very much like complicated. For example, uh, when I got tasked to uh, the the job to work on the toolbar, in my head I was just oh yeah, it's just basically like put placing everything on the top right existing icon, just put it at the bottom and redesign the icons a little. But you know, uh, turns out it's just like way more than that. For example, we got thing through that how we actually want people to like use these tools because now we got like a fresh start to like design a way we would we think it's best for people to use certain tools for example like making uh tools that are important in the whiteboarding space such as like sticky shapes or, or marker more prominent uh within the product and you know like trying to Take risk is another thing I learned. For example, uh, you, know, you know, Fake Jam is kind of like in a weird space between like trying to find its own language while as a whole, we still trying to make, want the product to feel like it's part of Figma. So a lot like taking some risks here and there and kind of push the, 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 the visual language uh, either from, you know, uh, the wheels the, the emote wheel or, or the, the toolbar kind of can, yeah, kind of get us like a gauge of what's working or not uh, throughout the process as well. That's awesome. Um, I think for me, I feel like the big, broad general learning was just about how to sort of make something that's maybe sort of like zero to one. Maybe this is like one to two for Figma um, as a second product. Um, but sort of like, 
things around, yeah, like being bold and, and just like being willing to try things out um, versus like hanging on to, you know, this existing brand or these existing patterns and feeling much more okay about doing those things and feeling like, you know, you sort of have to do those things when you're releasing something that's like big and new to the, to the you know, to the masses um, so that there's something to hang on to as like a new unique product. Um, so I think that was sort of like the big overarching theme of, you know, everything from what features should we build and, and down to like, what are the specific interactions on this wheel? <laughs> you know, it's always just like, you know, biased towards something bold um, and new. Thank That's you amazing. so much for this. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for, for, you know, spending the time to chat with us and talk more about this. We were so pumped and also so curious about like some of the behind the scenes and how this product came to be. It's not, you know, Every wow. time you ship something new, hey, we we tweak the purple. Come down on the show. Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, before before we go, this is you know we have to do this. It's part of our contract. We have to do recommendations. So uh, hopefully we all have one or <laughs> at least one. Uh, is everyone think, ready, or should I, I think go maybe first? We can go first, and then I'll think of mine because yeah. okay, I want to see okay. what yours is. <laughs> cool. All right. So. My recommendation is the Peak Design Capture Clip V3, I guess, technically. <laughs> and the, the reason why I got this in the first place was I on my camera, I was using a... I'm a big fan of wrist straps. Love it. But then when you're not taking pictures, it's annoying because you have nowhere to put it. So then I tried a, like, a, like a neck strap for a while, but I hate walking around with a camera, like bumping against your chest. That's very right. annoying. So then I started using the, the strap on my shoulder, but then you, you know, you bend down to pick something up and the camera falls and it's annoying. Anyway, so I got this thing. This is like a little, a little clip thing that you can clip to your belt or to your backpack strap or something. That's where I put mine. And you put a little attachment thing on your camera and you just like dock your camera in your backpack strap. And so I can keep using my wrist strap when I'm taking pictures and when I'm not. I just uh, I just uh, clipped it in the in the backpack shoulder strap, and that's it. It's great, love it. And Peak Design, like they're so clever in their little like details. I love that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah, I saw it. your story about that, and I was immediately like, "Oh, that's so cool! I want that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, nice. Kevin, what's yours? So this week I have two YouTube channels to recommend <laughs> for sort Dang. of like two different audiences, I guess. Um, so the first one, as people know, I've been getting really, really into 3D these days. I'm like spending so much time just nerding out about 3D and learning about that space. And one channel that I discovered uh, is called Ponisher. <laughs> uh, weird name, but uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, and basically, it's this guy who makes a bunch of different videos. Some of them are like four hours long. Where he's just like working on something in 3D for four hours and just like talking through like what's going on. Um, and he also made this shorter video uh, and I'll have a link to that specific one uh, in the show notes on how I create cinematic CG environments. Um, and I would actually think like that anyone can watch this video. It's a lot about the storytelling of how you think through creating scenes in 3D and what makes something really feel good. And he talks about, you know, what is the story? What are you trying to tell? And like 
it, it's a really it's a super soothing like video of almost like a meditative in the way that he's like talking about the different steps of the process uh and it's really good um so check that out and then the second one would be the local project um and so this is an inter- interior design channel that every couple of days they post these videos of these insane amazing homes and talk about the sort of like details that went behind them uh and i really enjoy it boom who wants to go next uh yeah i i can go next um uh, mine is kind of random um uh, so uh, during like config launch um the figma like team like sent out like swags for uh our employees and uh, we got um fig jammies so so we call it like fig jammies because it's like pjs uh and the uh it's just so comfortable and i kind of look around for some branding and it's usually from this company called me undies and um yeah like I, I checked out they make like a sweat uh sweatpants, you know, um hoodies, uh shirts. So they're like an apparel company that focus on just purely comfort. So it just feels good to it's like it's really surprisingly like breathable as well. Like sometimes I just forgot I'm like wearing a pants uh thing <laughs> at home. So yeah, uh, I'll re- I would recommend it if you got a chance to check it out. I love that. That that your fig jammies created a lot of internal talk at uh, in our Superlist <laughs> channel. Um, and actually, I asked the team, like, hey, by the way, I'm chatting with, with uh, folks from Figma later today. Any questions? First question was, like, where can we get the fig jammies? <laughs> so that was what they wanted me to ask. So I guess I'm asking. Um, good, good, good recommendation. Yeah, you know, if you, if you can ever hook us up with some, yeah. <laughs> some fig jammies, <laughs> we would never say no. <laughs> yeah. Um, my recommendation actually comes from, so I wore this jacket at config and people flipped out about it. Yes. I was excited about it, but then people were too excited about it. Um, and everyone was asking me where it was from. Um, so my recommendation this week is, um, there's like this Instagram marketplace for like secondhand sort of like small local designers. Um, and it's called Noisif, which is fashion backwards underscore bizarre um and they have like a vintage version a kids version a men's version um and it's kind of sketch because you basically just like dm people on instagram and give them (laughs) your paypal and address and they send you these like secondhand um they send you basically like secondhand but usually like well-conditioned clothing um and i would say i buy like a lot of my clothes here um and it's really good because i've discovered a lot of like new brands um but also it's like usually cheaper than buying stuff from like actual brands um but that is my big i think wardrobe secret is that i buy my clothing from this instagram marketplace yeah i'll check is, it out right now <laughs> that's the best recommendation sorry kevin sorry Kian, but yep i'm so glad you brought up the it. jacket <laughs> <laughs> such a such a cool jacket thanks guys <laughs> cool all right we did it thank you so much once again thank we you so it. much for joining us this is yeah. so much fun uh come back anytime um and in the meantime do you want to tell people like where they can maybe find your work or follow you on twitter or anything anything you want to plug before we go um i have nothing to plug just i guess if you want to stay in touch um i'm on twitter it's jenny underscore when um 
Yeah, same, same as me as well.、Uh, nothing to plug.、Uh, if you need to find me on Twitter, it's you know, Keyenyy. That's my Twitter if you want to DM. And yeah, just like shout out to the whole Fig Jam team. You know, like I feel that they deserve all the recognition in terms of like implementing, you know, promoting it.、Um, yeah, telling the story behind the, the product. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, give, give, give the Figma、um, Twitter a follow too. Good. Awesome.、Uh, and go check Fig Jam. I mean, if you've listened to this until this point and still haven't seen it,、uh, go check it out. It's,、uh, what is it? What's the, the, the Figma.com slash Fig Jam. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cool. Check it out. All right.、Uh, I'll do an outro real quick. You can, follow the,、uh, you can follow us at Twitter. We are at LayoutFM. Uh, links to everything that we talked about and recommended and all that stuff. It's in our website, that's layout.fm. And you can follow Kevin on Twitter. He's at VernalKick. I'm at Rafahari. Oh, and、uh, once again, our huge thanks to Around for sponsoring、uh, this week's episode of Layout. Go to around.co, check them out, check out their tool.、Um, yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye.